0: Hi there, welcome to The Circus Stand. It's about time for our season Grande Finale, the end of our very first season where I've been able, at least, trying to give my ultimate best to share my story about vulnerability in business. Given the fact that nearly one out of the two entrepreneurs is dealing with permanent stress, depression. For only one reason because it's lonely at the top and when things go south or your world is changing all of a sudden there's no real support and it brings in a lot of elephants in the room and the entrepreneurial rollercoaster brought me a lot of great experiences mistakes but also the opportunity to embrace failure by helping other entrepreneurs and young inspiring people I'm really proud that we are here And we're here to stay. I'm looking forward to the second season. First of all, we're going to produce the season wrap-up. Thank you so much. So, the start of the circus tent is basically somewhere at the end of the summer. Start of fall in 2018. And it was just a period before my life went South, I went with my family to a circus in a very small rural rural village uh, to celebrate the start of a new school year for the children. And there was this particular circus called Circus Salto. They had a beautiful tent in the middle of the rural countryside. And we just moved at that moment in time to our brand new house, On the Gold Coast of Friesland and I was still thinking, believing that things were about to change. It ended up in wishful thinking. You want things to be true even if it's not true. You ignore the real truth because of the things you want to be true. And in the years before that I was dealing with having the best job in the world and quickly in the course of a year that I basically had to do the worst job in the world. You're a founder and you're a CEO and at some point I could not make the transition in the right way, in the right environment. And this forced me to make sacrifices and to put myself at serious risk. I realized I stopped doing a lot of things I used to enjoy such as hanging out with the kids, spending time writing. And to me, this was the situation, but I felt I was still in a vacuum, seeing myself from the outside and not being able to talk about it or to act upon it. It would become the start of the most dramatic, but also challenging period of my life that I'm still living. An emotional whirlwind struck me whilst observing this show the artists, the acrobats, the animals, and the warmth of the aftersummer gave the scenario of the countryside, the circus tent, somewhat magic. It gave me hope. And these are the values of the circus that are really important to me. It's about being confident in the spotlight, but also outside it. Regardless of hardships. And you can be vulnerable. Vulnerability gives you confidence. You're able to do more than one trick when you work at the circus as an artist. It's the team. It's a team who are looking after each other. They travel. They have gigs all over the world. And they deal with setbacks and dependency together. They embrace change. They have this smiling energy in their face about being open-minded to the new, a new journey. And they believe that magic is part of life. And it's also related to wishful thinking. However, after wishful thinking, you also have hope. And I think the clown as a persona within the circus is the ultimate Example, vulnerability. And if you compare the world of an entrepreneur with circus culture, there are a lot of similarities. Running a business feels like a circus sometimes. And the social media fanfare is just explaining the positives outside. Except for the world that is behind the red curtains of any business. A world of sacrifices, mistakes, doubts depressions, hardships, but also the magic to turn things around. And that happened to me big time that you're really confronted all of a sudden with multiple stressors, multiple things that are going wrong nearly at the same time that you really have to see that as an opportunity to grow. And it took me a few years to realize that. And that's the moment when I started to speak in this microphone, when I was setting up the podcast, when I was writing the book, I really felt that this this was also a source of inspiration. also for me to tell your story and to process things, to be vulnerable, and I think when you talk into this beautiful microphone, hey, something special happens. It has been my beacon of hope and also a way of, of putting those challenges uh, those pains and frustrations in the corner and 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 take care of them when you're ready for it and i hope it's going to be yours as well your beacon of hope so this i believe the first episode not the second the first has been the founder story has been about the achilles heel so we all have a weakness or a vulnerability ...part of vulnerability on our body, in our mind. And every entrepreneur has them. Every human being has vulnerabilities. And I think the golden key to any discussion... ...whether you are working within a corporate... ...setting up your own business... ...talking to difficult challenges in your family... ...you name it, everybody has his, her or it... ...its own challenges. And I think at least those vulnerabilities, uh, when I look at my personal Achilles heel, have been centered around 11 aspects that I at least was faced with. And there might be many, many more um, vulnerabilities present, but I'm sharing my story here. And I think the number one um, vulnerability is focus on your own entrepreneurial well-being, given the fact that one out of the three Entrepreneurs is suffering for depression, Uh, waking up in the morning time, bringing the kids to school, taking the the drive to the office, and and there are things going on. It's never perfect, shit is never finished, but you really need to make sure that you're listening to yourself and not being withdrawn to what other people think that needs to happen uh, at those specific moments, Decisions about your time. The second aspect um, that was really a difficult one for me is, and I never experienced that before, especially prior to my entrepreneurial career, has been about financial well-being. Not being able to withdraw salaries, uh, to invest, um, this silver sword of demo class hanging above your head. Um, Difficult, it's challenging when you really feel trapped in this net of dependencies and you're doing a fundraising for your company. And you feel like this circus bear able to perform all those tricks, this acts, um, and that can be a big, big challenge. It's about investors, it's about working with people uh, with different interests. And investors are really good, just like banks, they really can let your business grow. But you also have to find the right people who have this vulnerability match with your personality as a founder, with the founding team, with your co-founders. And also the paperwork in terms of the agreements, the SPA, the share purchase agreement, and all the clauses you agree as a founder is something to uh, to be aware of. Believe me, I learned the hard way. And, and despite the fact that I had experience in the banking industry, as a strategy consultant, as a management team member, I've, I've seen a lot of situations. However, when it comes down to your own uh, situation, uh, then uh, you really need to step up the game. And I feel that that aspect. What is important to really look at to yourself in the mirror, are you still having an impact when you are facing those transitions in the journey of your company, when you start business, when you go to the chamber of commerce, when you have a bit of personal funding, a bit of uh, venture capital fund, informal funding, you have this basis, this fundament, but in the beginning, you're doing 25, 26 different roles, a lot of challenges, and your role as a founder or CPO, CTO, CEO, is still fluid. Yeah, you're doing a lot of stuff at the same time. But when the company is growing, also a lot of managerial tasks come uh, into play and you really need to sit down with your team, give feedback uh, and be aware of your own impact there. And, and especially when the company becomes um, bigger in a short notice, short time frame, then you really need to be, be taking care of that question. Are you still having an impact? It's about co founders' commitment. And the people who uh, you're working with, um, you need to put the same things on the table um, in terms of money, in terms of commitment. Um, and also, that question, uh, are you still having an impact, needs to be addressed more frequently, um, or also to avoid conflict situations, drama. Um, and that's not good. Also not from a respect perspective uh, to your co-founder. You really need to find this alignment. The two positions I had as a CEO and a founder basically um, uh, stressed me out to some extent when my job really got political, ministerial. And I still m- made a decision uh, in the last phase when I was... Um, uh, within the trenches of uh, of my company, my previous company, to be involved that extensively in the trenches um, and not allowing myself to, to really zoom out, which is a pity um, because you're bringing yourself a serious uh, risk um, there. Changes in the team, changes in the management team, changes in the wolf pack, um, obviously lead to a lot of distractions. When you do MA, when you do um, uh, integrations, when you basically are working with a lot of new people at the same time, you have to deal with those distractions. And to me, I really had to find this, this operational uh, guy or girl sitting next to me and making those calls uh, also in terms of the managerial challenges, which I thought, you know, I can do it. Because we've been there, um, I can I can do it, I've done it before. But that's a threat, threat to yourself that you keep on pushing too long. The other element is that I really felt, especially at the end of the journey, lonely. I was um, still uh, able to talk to my team members, um, especially to, to the, the ones who are really closely related uh, to talk about those problems and challenges. However, um, at home, I really felt there was an increased distance to talk about those topics. So as a result, I I kept a lot of information um, related to the drama, related to the political power games. I kept those outcomes, those sessions, this information I kept it for myself. I was not able to, to, to talk about it, which was... Scary and tricky and, and yeah, I, I rather had to listen to the circus stand podcast uh, at that time. However, it is what it is. <laughs> Number ten, it's about too much emphasis you're putting in to keep everything together and to be close too close with your employees. For instance, going out, blow off steam, uh doing things that um you can do, but People uh, are watching you, so you really have to be present uh, and rethink what you have to do. And saying goodbye to social events, uh, just be there for a few minutes and then tell the team, "Like, hey guys, have fun, or not going on certain business trips really will make your life easier. I wish that I had done that. However, um, making mistakes is also about... Um, this vulnerability journey, it's part of doing business. Um, the same thing goes for wishful thinking. You, you are growing your business and you basically project in your ambitions that you are able to acquire certain customers. And once that happens, that also um, makes you feel really good, so that you're able to really paint this picture um, and make things happen. Regardless of the fact if you like it or not, vulnerability is, in my opinion, uh, protecting you. And success is not. It's about understanding that repeated failure is usually necessary to achieve success. And when you have this feeling inside your belly like, I feel determined, let's do it again. Let's make it happen. The third episode is about the AMS harbor. When you are confronted as a young professional being uh, present in the banking industry for a number of years, building this career, sitting uh, in conversations with entrepreneurs uh, quite uh, regularly. And when you have this feeling like, wow, I want to work uh, in an entrepreneurial setting. And once this phone call comes like, hey, gee, we want to uh, have a conversation. Uh, Come by um you can be confronted especially in my early early career um that your dream job and at that time was a job as a ceo can also end up in a struggle a juggle of ethics and interests and when you are offered a dream job in your 20s and you end up working saving a company to restructure project with the bank uh and you realize that you're working with criminal people, that's a big thing. And I have two takes uh, to digest from this experience. And when things, firstly, are good to be true, they are too good to be true. And I think one specific point, the second one, about working with criminals, they think that they are doing the right thing. And they're actually kind. They provide and they want to become successful. They are convinced that they are doing the right thing. Taking shortcuts, cheating, bribes, changing the rules of the game. And they simply are aware of the fact it's legit. But how do you compare them with inhuman investors? Inhuman, not vulnerable investor behavior who benefit from hardworking entrepreneurs. It's a very thin line. And that's why I'm giving you also this perspective from the beginning of my career to be simply thinking things through when you're about to accept a new job. Like, is this too good to be true? Or fuck it. Uh, There are multiple opportunities there that will eventually arrive on my lap. When you... Get isolated, the fourth act, after the um, AMS uh, Harbor, you basically have lost everything. So when there's nothing anymore, family, money, perspective, your company, uh, divorce, stuff like that, all the negative sides, uh, roof uh, above your head, um, when you get isolated, your world becomes smaller. And you become more sensitive to the bad things, the bad habits of life like alcohol, drugs abuse. Um, when I entered this very dark period in my life starting in, in 2018 in the summer, and when I was falling into this cliff and was searching for lights, I had to deal with, with this situation of having no hope at all. And actually, I, I I tried to commit suicide for multiple times with having this HDMI cable. Uh, I put it uh, on the balcony, and yeah, I was thinking like, if I f- still feel tomorrow like this, I'm going to jump. And that's crazy, and it's really confronting. Um, and basically, the the, the realization. Uh, to live my life in the light of relationships like my mother, my father, my children uh, made me realize what I still had. And my ba- uh, my dad brought a beer of, a crate of beer of Heineken every Friday and brought it to my home and sat down together in the garden. Do some maintenance in the garden and, and I believe looking backwards, those lights of recovery... Such as a support network, finding perspective, also still making mistakes. If you just want to crawl out um, this cliff, it's also about getting rid of addictions. And I believe that has been my darkest period, for uh, that I never ever experienced before in my life. When there is nothing, and when you are thinking about to end your life because. You, you think you're a wordless piece of shit. you fucked up. However, life is instead giving you the right springboard to do something with it. And to find out the real authentic you. And that's not ego. That's not growth. That's not doing things that other people want you to do. And I believe that's the key message out of this um, episode um, when when life changes the course all of a sudden, drastically. If you look at well-being, especially financial well-being, I believe that's uh, one of the most um, uh, concrete uh, aspects uh, of Well-being, the overall well-being of an entrepreneur, um, and basically the direct impact of 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 your mental health. If you have money, uh, if you have security, uh, you have perspective. It makes life easier. And knowing that an average company founder is twice as more likely to suffer for depression, and even three times more likely to suffer for Abuse of drugs and alcohol. And what is actually causing these stressors? Well, I've listed them uh, for you. My stressors really have been about, first one, about the success bonanza. It's raising the standard for the outside. I want that as well. And we are reading those success stories on uh, social media, uh, tech runs and other Portals, you have something like, wow, I really want to achieve that. I want to grow. I want to become this high velocity company. Meanwhile, forgetting what you're going through at that moment in time. If you look at the phase where your company is at, I want that as well. Founders eat last. And that happens a lot because you, first of all, have to wire the salaries to your employees, to your vendors, and have this. Juggle um, with your balls in terms of uh, cash flow, in terms of obligations, and yeah, to some extent, you're eating uh, as the last stakeholder uh, at the table, which makes it difficult because at the same time your debts are accruing. And the same thing. The third one is relating to financial skin in the game. So when you're shareholder, co-owner of the business, it is really good, but those terms also need to be friendly and they need to respect what you have done for the company in, in the years of suffering. And that's where uh, it really can go wrong, um, especially when you're desperate for a new funding round, when you have something like, I really want to close this, that you make decisions that you are regretting later on in your entrepreneurial journey. It's about compensation behavior, especially have some money Uh, after the hard work for me in the course of 2016, 2017. Yeah. You really try to compensate like, Hey, I lived on a a wooden stick for too long. um, And I really want to go on holiday. I really uh, want to drive a car. And and, uh, you really start to believe that these things are okay. And which means that you're also playing a bit with, with the boundaries. Um, And you want to make sure you feel good. And the last one is about substance um, abuse. Uh, Also about when you're faced with situations, compensation behavior or politics, when things uh, really are bringing up that much stress that you really try to compensate that and to get creative. Uh, When you take a line, when you take too much alcohol, when you go out uh, too late, when you have no sleep, that's basically leading or will lead to ...any unwanted exit. And if you look at the sixth episode... ...which is about the ugly uh, lever... um, ...yes, there's a reason uh, why I uh, mentioned that episode... ...ugly lever, because I really want to be transparent... ...and also be very open about how these things... ...those exit processes work out in practice... Um, and not with the purpose of pointing fingers or out of victim behavior. An exit process from hell can start already when you're signing a shareholder agreement or even when you are still in talks to draft the shareholder agreement. And if you still allow for unclarities in the beginning or ignore red flags, you can be sure that things will escalate. In investment agreements, you can basically find two lever sorts, sorts of levers, the good and the bad lever. In which circumstances the leaving founder has to offer the shares and to whom, at which price. And good levers, they really get the market valuation and bad levers get nominal valuation, which is close to nothing. And my ship sank in, in, in basically six minor steps. First of all, I was already r- uh, in the face of being sent to the butcher. I was depressed, I was burning out quickly. I was sharing my concerned, uh, concerns openly, um, tried to be vulnerable but I also found this lack of support and talking to the wrong people who had a particular interest in the business or who even pitched the idea of working together already in the course of that year. Um, and if you share information about your own vulnerability, the exit process of, uh, of a co-founder, uh, the uncertainties of the, the M&A processes, the company integrations, you are exposing yourself too much. And the same thing goes for the network effect. It's kind of like the pinball machine, the network effect of mishires, bad relationships, and they are waiting there to find evidence against you, and especially when there is a direct link with decision makers, you can be sure that those things will be filed and will be used against you, even the minor things. Oh my God! I was too emotional when we lost the deal. Even if you those situations, be aware of the fact how your good lever, bad lever um, agreement is stated in the shareholder agreement, and the power play. Of course, it puts extra pressure on the shoulder, forcing you to sign documents, which is logical. I would have done the same when you're dealing in a situation like this. However, we're all doing or dealing with human beings. Uh, what I would have done differently, and what I really wanted to, to to change in their mindset, is to approach things from a company impact stand, uh, or point of view. Am I still contributing? Is my role different? Uh, I could still do a lot of commercial work. There had to be respect, uh, but at some point that was not the code of conduct, um, that um, that was uh, used in this situation, and also with multiple other founders I spoke with the recent few years, they have dealt with similar, similar VIP treatment, which is what it is. And execution is basically when this big sword from Damocles lands on, on your head. Uh, it's about execution. You want to let the company survive, ...and you put yourself outside the arena... ...you really want to make it happen... ...and at some point you're tired... ...you're exhausted, you're stressed out... ...and basically you let go... ...you sign, and then you have to wait... ...for a few weeks when there is the momentum... ...when the bodyguards show up... ...and then you know your your life is... um, ...not over... ...but... ...you will... ...fall into a cliff... ...which to some extent is very, very rigid. If you look at my children, if you look at my ex-wife, this whole situation that I was not able to share, to talk about it, yeah, uh, I I really regret it, uh, how these things um, moved forward. And if you look at the canary in in the coal mine, as a warning sign for an entrepreneur, when depression or too much stress is, is... creating this openness to developing bad habits, habits that make you more vulnerable. Like like I just mentioned, exploded meetings, blurry decision making, too much camaraderie, uh, letting haters or what I call black magicians, uh, profiteers um, come into your world, Um, even deal with big elephant in the room with drugs abuse. And when the canary gives you that warning, take it serious. And I wish I uh, had done that earlier. And get your protective walls double-checked, not when it's too late, not when you already feel like there's pressure, there's potential power play. No, you should have done that beforehand. Um, and assess your team as well. Like, hey, are we still delivering an impact here? What are our vulnerabilities? And and talk about those aspects. Um, set up deadlines, like I want to fix this fundraising or this dependency needs to be gone in six months from now on or in a quarter. And there's goal settings that we did very extensively in sales. That's also something you really need to do as a founder. Like where do I want to stand? Where do I want to be in a few months of time? And you have to invest in your personal well-being like sports, like yoga, talk to a coach, uh, travel, Take this time together to talk to your beloved ones and not decide to go traveling uh, all over and over again. Make it all about you. Talk to the people who love you and not the ones who have this big saw in their hands and who saw through your chair legs. <laughs> Very interesting perspective um, that I used to say in our teams and um, in, in, in always, I believe, not just in the beginning, but also when the company was growing, that entrepreneurs are a bit like Harry Houdini, the handcuff king. And you have to free yourself sometimes out several impossible locked up scenarios where you can also allow you to transition into a new sort of entrepreneur, a new persona, the Superman persona. What I really felt, the more you overcome, the more arrogant you can also become. You think you can win everything. And you keep on taking the risk until it's too late. And how Dini just kept on building new companies, new entities with too much of his own fortune. He was too much distracted. It sucked up his fortune and eventually missed out on a great opportunity when he was able to tap into the rise of the film uh, industry. He had a solution that was perfectly fit for that era in time. And why do those startup ideas fall? If you look from the perspective of Dini, or in my own experiences, um, uh, when you read a lot of research material in the market... Number one reason is the failure to raise new capital. Um, and the second, and that's, I believe, uh, also something to start off with when you think about the new journey, is that you're not really solving a problem for your customers. And hence, you do not have this real ability to to, to monetize, to make, make money. And that brings me also to the question, um, at least providing you the Answer to the question, when it's the right time for an entrepreneur to bring your personal masterpiece to the market. You can verify your gut with data, understand that you're able to solve a frustrating problem for your customers. You can start small and work together with your customers to test your product Especially if you look at LinkedIn, which is a mega social network for business users. They have around five, six, seven hundred million users worldwide. It's easy to approach people and to test your market, but also share your purpose, for instance, by organizing a webinar. Check if your voice is being heard. And lastly, approach the market in the right way. Keep things small and focused. And avoid this juggling act, this hamster wheel of paralysis analysis that you're thinking too much. And when you try this jump towards a trapeze, like I really have a feeling that we have the right timing, we have the right product, we have the right team, we have the right fin- financing in place, that you have to be aware of that checkboxes that I just gave you. And from this trapeze we enter into a complete different um, environment. Um, actually, the environment of the old man. The old man is calling, which is a beer garden bar in the small town of Canggu in Bali Island. And if you change your perspective, and what I also told you earlier about the the, the when you get isolated, your life is getting really small, and and things blow up. You know, we get bigger, and the drama gets bigger. You feel alone, but if you change the perspective, you can change the way you are thinking and helping you to not be pulled back into negative thinking. And that was a big winner for me to, to really go for the power of mental healing when you decide to leave everything behind. No possessions works purifying. Uh, being on yourself, you're able to... Reconnect also with your past, uh, when you were alone, when you're doing the stuff at university or in my case at the the Royal Marines. All the stuff you were able to do previously in your life, it creates this common ground, this trust, this confidence that you're able to build up. Because everybody is equal. Everybody's having fun. And there's no prejudice at all. And I remember I was sitting on this nice beach... To admire the sunset at one of the Gili Islands close to the coast of Lombok. And actually I saw my kids playing there in my imagination on the, that specific beach. With their smiles on their faces, and sand in their hair, salty skin. Uh, and I was thinking about, whoa, this was definitely heavy shit. About my own suicidal behavior uh, nearly a year uh, ago at that time. And I was really proud and grateful to be alive, to be simply me and a loving father. No ego, just enjoying the day and enjoying the people who were surrounding me and, and exchanging stories. And if you have this high level of resiliency, you're better able to deal with stress. So you really have to identify for yourself, as an entrepreneur, how can I build up this resiliency? What can I do ...to increase that resiliency. And what are the main things basically you can control... ...to become more resilient um, in times of stress... ...when there's power play or when, when things are not going that well... ...that's you first important... ...listen to your gut the way how you feel... ...and not uh, fix everything the way you think. Because the mind can also fuck things up big time. It's about the belief what you find important in life. What do you want to contribute... What do you want to achieve? And it's about your thoughts. What are you thinking about? Are you happy or are you sad? Uh, Do you look ahead or do you survive during the day? And those efforts you are doing on a daily basis are aimed for making your life better and creating this alignment with your thoughts. And what you consume in terms of food, the same principle goes for your thoughts and your actions. And if you create alignment between thoughts and the actions and your beliefs, you combine it to exercises you do to recover, uh, to build strength, uh, especially when you're facing adversity, you will get there. You're improving your own resiliency especially when you are be, being kind to others, and ignoring haters uh, who really try to talk you down. Several moments, leave them out. They don't play a role anymore. You are on your own, which is positive. It gives you a lot of freedom of thought and positive thinking. And it's also about how you take on calculated risks, like the demo class sword, uh, moving forward with the new entrepreneurial journey. Sometimes... Uh, it's crucial um, to not move forward when you're hurt or when you're in trouble, Um, especially if you relate that to the question when is the ideal timing for your business. And the ideal persona in the circus is also one of the key characters of vulnerability. I'm talking about the clown. And the clown has the magic to turn the drama into... Positivity. And to change the perspective. And the clown can take care of your own entrepreneurial well-being by being charmed. Charming in foolishness. It's about losers win. The more things that go wrong, the greater the success. Because there's this transition that makes you better. Makes you humble. And success can make you really arrogant. Become a superman. So it's this trade-off. So you really have to know what your sensitivities are. It's okay to be not okay. Talk about that. You know, I had a conversation this morning, a great conversation, uh, the international company, Uh, I simply uh, was myself. Okay to be not okay. It's the wisdom of failing. Every time things move in a different direction, it makes you smarter. And it's about the way how you deal with it, how you act upon it. And simply tell yourself, there is no social pressure. Like social media, nothing, uh, nothing there to, to, to capture in terms of your own happiness. Money, also not the situation, it's about you. It's your own uh, way of thinking and the way how uh, you're at peace with yourself. And the clown, charming in foolishness, loses win, okay to be not okay, wisdom of failing, uh, no social pressure, gives you this opportunity to focus on your own well-being and strengths. It's purifying. Let go of the control, the drama, social pressure. And and let's now skip the clown and talk about spirituality. And my experiences, I never had them before in my life. But once I was alone in a very big farm, big estate, refurbished farm on the countryside, uh, very close to um, where this journey kicked off with, uh, with the circus tent, my first experiences uh, started uh, really the moment that my life was changing. And it changed from supper club to the suffer club. It was a place that was supposed to be our new home for the second chapter of um, my epical journey. Where I could write, uh, where I could live, where I could provide love as a father and a husband. Without pressure but with satisfaction and warmth. And when you have that perspective in mind, like, hey, this is what I want to achieve, and things do not go that way because of the divorce, because of the lies I told, because of the things that went differently uh, in my life, I simply ended up alone. And it was just me in this big estate area, a refurbished one close by the cemetery. And what have I learned from this massive transformational experience from a spiritual uh, point of view. And of course this is personal. And, and I know there is much more out there than just you and me, um, heaven and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't want to end up like uh, like this uh, Buddha um, guy, uh, but I really want to show you how important it is to be aware of the things that happen uh, surrounding you. It is purifying when you're alone and when you're fragile and, and Start to realize the things that you do have kids, relationships, uh, family. At the same time, I was serious in doubt, seriously in doubt to end my life there. Also, I was more open to external forces and energies. If you believe in it or not, you know, that's it's not my role here. I just share, uh, I'm sharing with you what I experienced. And it gives you direction. When you see your shoes being put in a completely different place in this massive house. Yeah, it gives you also some omens like making decisions, uh, making you scared. And at the same time, you really need to deal with it. And when I sold my place, I really had something like, I know there is more. And I really want to use the spiritual behavior to also listen more and more to the way, how am I feeling about certain things, collaborations. Um, And this is... Completely the opposite uh, on what we're discussing um, in the Mahiki episode. Uh, it's one of the most fun nightclubs in the city of London. And I'm a big fan, still am, uh, of this Hawaiian uh, venue. Uh, already from the very first moment that I visited this place in 2015, and the Mihiki house, the perfect setting uh, of the relationship between the superpowers of gratitude, appreciation, empathy, and the vulnerability and the weight of responsibility for everyone's personal and career-related issues. And the MPE exposure. Having too much responsibility for the team, and I was a real pleaser uh, to some extent, going for friendships, family, you really have to focus on the, on, the, on the team aspect. They're not family. But yeah, if you start your company, you have a lot of existing relationships. And that's something to really be aware of that you need to professionalize, like having friends from university on board, family, relatives. And when you are starting a new business or when you have this idea or this gut feel like, hey, there might be a, a momentum, there might be an opportunity there for me to uh, pursue It's already good to talk about this rich versus king trade-off. And do you want to have control or do you want to share to create wealth? Share with co-founders, share with um, investors. And to answer this question, if you look at going solo or being part of a team, you can look at it from four interesting angles. And... One of my favorite books, The Art of War, uh, written by the Chinese writer in, um, named Sun, Sun Tzu, once stated it really well. Uh, if you look at the rules of the game, do you want to have control or do you want to have less control? And what is the network you t- want to tap into? And what skills do you miss to make this jump? Which complementary skills, new skills, what do you miss in order to make your adventure uh, a reality? When are you going to leave? What is your exit strategy? And what are your thoughts about that? What is going to be your horizon? And I think those questions that I just summarized for you out of this Mihiki episode are basically pushed forward and are usually too late to consider. Thinking those questions uh, through really carefully even when you think about starting a new journey. And next time, Meiki, go there alone, man, instead of a well-deserved team meeting uh, when your targets are met, not as a standard. I really love that friendship, but it also makes you exposed towards what jealous people and employees, uh, investors are thinking. But if you follow the rules of Sun Tzu, it will definitely allow you to sleep better if you know your own rules of the game and be aware of that. And this brings me to the last um, episode I will uh, discuss uh, here in this uh, grande finale because I think I have COVID, so I'm not feeling that uh, that well with warm. Uh, my forehead, my, my muscles are hurting. Uh, I did a run uh, yesterday, so a bit struggling here. So we're approaching the... Um, 48, 49 minutes, um, but for years running an international business, um, it has been about bragging, about you can sleep when you are dead. And my routine uh, sleeping, uh, was being on international business trips, it was basically to party through the night, to have a drink, and to synchronize that way with the time zones where I was present. And that helped me an awful lot in my 30s. Make, made me feel like Superman. Oh, you can sleep when you're dead. However, doing it for so many years also made me tired unconsciously. And I sometimes slept eight to 10 hours a week. Seriously? Yes, that was the situation. When you are running a business, you can use every single minute to improve your business. Fix things, communicate with people because you're in a different time zone and this adrenaline is only helping you on a very limited basis. Especially if you look at the time effect. At some point, you know, you feel like you can control it but then you take a deep dive, especially when you are stressed, when there are politics, when you have to make important decisions. And sleep will allow you To most importantly, connect with yourself. To reflect, it will improve your concentration. You will come towards a better and more efficient way of making decisions, especially when you're the CEO and the company founder. Um, You feel like uh, being more able to overcome challenges. You can see much more forward, looking at the perspective and the plans and the challenges you can tackle. You're more fresh. You have also a better memory to bring you more in control of your own agenda, of your own agenda and priorities, like personal financial well-being. And the the most important effect, I believe, is you have decreased risk of mental uh, health issues, such as depression, anxiety, and believe me, those challenges are coming on your plate. And you have to write down... um, Those challenges on the block note, especially when you're on the fire in the trenches, and that way, by writing down those challenges on the block note, you can leave them out of your sleep. Sleep is serious business, and it cleans you up, um, not just physically but also mentally. You're able to recover. It makes you a better person. And don't wear this bad badge of honor like I did. You will end up in trouble. And also pick the right people um, that are there for you. That's also an important vulnerability discussion. Like, do we have complementary skills? Can they make a difference? What are the stressors? And you have to review that periodically. It's fit for face, this uh, discussion. And I think that's the most important aspect. If you if you talk about um, sleep, is that you really have to give yourself uh, a favor by doing that. Like I will be giving myself a favor to conclude this first part of the season finale Um I'm doing this also live here with the video, so I don't look the, 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 the best way today. However, I'm having fun. That gives me energy to to fight uh, with Corona and uh, to be uh, hopefully better ASAP uh, in order to record uh, the second part. Uh, we'll dive into the discussion about going solo. Uh, we will talk about uh, this team setup, and, um, Internationalization. Um, we will talk about the difference between startups and scale-ups. Um, we talk about financial well-being uh, from a different um, uh, point of view um, and what you can do in order to become happy. Um, after all, regardless of the outcome. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to really thank you for for being part of this uh, journey. Um, I'm really proud of what we have been able to achieve. At the same time, it was scary, but I I did it. I loved it. Um, We'll make sure that uh, we will publish the the next episode, the second part, uh, hopefully uh, tonight or tomorrow. And otherwise, you simply have to wait for this great content given to you by The Circus Tent. See you guys. Thank you so much. 拜拜。